Hello, and welcome to Death of a Thousand Cuts, making you an awesome writer, one cut at a time. Today I want to get you amped. I want to get you excited and motivated. I want to fill you with optimism, and not just the cheesy, air-punching, fake optimism that deflates after a few days and leaves you feeling jaded, but something gentler and more sustainable, something real that you can take away and come back to, something that in a few weeks or a month's time, or maybe six months' time, won't seem all that remarkable because it's your new normal. I'm going to back it up with science and years of personal experience, and if you're already thinking, ah, that's all very nice, Tim, but it won't work for me. That's great, that's fine. Your sceptical, critical mind is actually an essential component of writing well. We're not going to throw that out. Don't worry. But just listen to what I've got to say, and at the end of the podcast, you can weigh it, evaluate it. I've actually got some good reasons why you might decide not to write at all. For you, that might be a, a sensible, valid choice. For most people, it's a sensible, valid choice, and they go on to have really happy, lovely, meaningful lives. And there are different commitment levels that you can hit this thing at. I've no intention of bullshitting you or giving you false hope. There's no percentage in that for me. I'm not selling you anything off the back of this. Uh, so I, I, I'm not going to lie to you because I know that will only rebound and make you feel worse. I'm, I'm just so fucking excited today. And I hope that by the end of this podcast, you'll be excited too. If you've never listened before, hi, this is a show for writers about writing. So if you're a professional author, a part-timer, someone who'd like to write more, or you're just interested in the craft of making stories, this is the show for you. My name's Tim Clare. I'm an author, a stand-up poet, and a sexy dad. I've written a novel called The Honours, which is kind of like a, a ripping historical fantasy yarn set between the wars in England. I did a memoir about writing called uh, We Can't All Be Astronauts, which is mainly about my wanting to be a writer while my life was falling down around my ears, but it's also got lots of interviews with other writers, aspiring and quote-unquote successful, and it's all about the publishing industry and, and what it means to give your right life to writing. I also did a debut poetry collection called Pub Stuntman. I've taught hundreds of creative writing classes at every level, from six-year-olds right up to uh, PhD courses. I've done 10 years of manuscript consultancy where I wrote detailed reports on people's unpublished novels to help make them better. I presented a series on uh, Channel 4 in the UK called How to Get a Book Deal, and I performed poetry gigs all over the world. None of which matters, by the way, um, in terms of the advice I give on this show. Um, who says the feedback doesn't mean shit. I genuinely believe that. I'm not asking you to switch off your critical faculties. Don't take any of what I say at all on the basis of my very, very limited authority. And none of that, that stuff was meant for me to be showing off or anything. Um, the only meaningful test of anything I say is if I give you knowledge which, when you apply it, makes you write more and stroke or better or makes you enjoy it more. Um, I'm just introducing myself to be polite, that's it. So on the show, um, sometimes I look at the first pages of novels sent in by listeners, that includes you. Uh, I give feedback and sometimes I chat with other authors about how to write stories and how to make the stories you've already written less shit. And at the time of recording, I've nearly finished putting out an eight-week Couch to 80k writing bootcamp with daily 10-minute exercises to take you all the way from wherever you are with your writing Um even if you haven't written a damn thing in years, uh, or if you've written loads and you're just feeling in a bit of a slump, all the way to being ready and equipped and psyched about finishing your novel. I'm loving making it, which anyone who's uh, followed me online for a while and knows what I'm, what I'm like, knows that's not... That hasn't always been a common feeling for me, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I find a lot of things uh, a bit of a grind, so it's lovely that I'm 
getting so much out of doing it. I've been getting some great feedback from you folks, and it's and it's not even finished yet. Um, so if it sounds like something you'd like to do, it's low commitment. I'll guide you through everything you need. Uh, there's even a timer on each episode for your ten minutes of writing. Just go to timclairpoet.co.uk or Tim Clare on SoundCloud. That's C L A R E. Uh, and download Couch to 80K week one, day one. In fact, if you just Google Tim Clare Couch to 80K, you'll find it and we can get started. You're going to feel so great just for, for getting started, for taking that first step. Believe me. And if the first episode doesn't grab you, if you start doing it and you go, I can't listen to this guy for eight weeks. Um, that's like 15 minutes out of your life gone. Um, you've tried something. You've dismissed it. No biggie. Well done for giving it a go. Okay, so today, though... Um, I want to talk about motivation. I I want to motivate you and I want to give you something now that actually helps. Not empty boosterism, uh, not just, you know, a pat on the back, something that you can take away. And by the end of this podcast, you'll have more than when you started it. And I'm just speaking off the cuff here. I've made a couple of notes so I don't miss anything out. But be warned, this episode will probably go long because it's not scripted. Um, I might meander a little bit. If that is resolutely not your open bunny quotes thing, close bunny quotes, then by all means, bow out now. I completely understand. Or you could uh, pop your earphones in and go for a little walk while I chat to you. Get a bit of fresh air, maybe. Get the old blood pumping. Kill two birds with one stone. That's a horrible metaphor, isn't it? Who, I mean, like, you kill, why is that an achievement? Who, who, for whom is killing birds with a stone? Just use, I mean, like, for one, stones are by no means scarce, so you can just use two stones, right? Just use, just use two stones. And two, what you could, why would you, anyway, I'm just, I, I, I understand I'm being facetious, but look, whatever works, for you don't kill two, but feed two birds with one worm. That's tight on the worm, isn't it? We used to say that when we were kids. Oh, don't do that. That's tight. Um, it's also flapper slang for being drunk. Right. So um, I'm recording on uh, January the 2nd, uh, 2018. Don't worry if it's not that time. Well, it almost certainly won't be that time uh, for you when you're listening to this. Don't worry. Although, although you know, writing resolutions are in the air for me. And that's something uh, I'm thinking about a lot doesn't matter. You don't need to make resolutions at the beginning of, of the year. Every day is a new day. And that sounds trite. You know, we hear oh, every day today is a fresh day. Today is a new day. But when you actually internalise that knowledge, it's hugely powerful and freeing. And um, any, yeah, like I've said before, anyone who knows me knows I'm not about empty boosterism. I'm not about uh, affirmations. Uh, that's never I've always been deeply skeptical of those things uh, as being slightly empty and not actually getting work done but I do think realizing that you're not burdened by the failures of your writing past and they're only failures as you perceive them um unmet goals they don't roll over into the new year and the new year is completely is completely fucking arbitrary right I mean it's not if, if you're a farmer I understand that the the passage of the season's uh, means something. I, if you are uh, involved in astronomy, uh, then the then then the, the the passage of the Earth around the Sun and the rotation of the globe mean things. But from a writing perspective, you know and I know. But sometimes we don't always um, transfer that knowledge into actual action. Um, that that we can make resolutions any day. Um, the New Year's a great opportunity because we're surrounded by people who are doing the similar thing. There's a sense of freshness and newness. We can kind of harness that feeling, but that exists all the time. And if you can genuinely internalise that, that every day you wake up is a chance to press reset, is a chance to get a fresh start, a 
good fuck, you're going to do so well and be so much happier. So I want to talk about, I've seen different people having different writing resolutions. I've read a couple of articles and people go, here's how you can have a great 2018 with your writing. Uh, and, and they've all been shit. So I, I want to talk about it and I want to help you because I know you kind of like, and people are we have to have like make meta resolutions about resolu resolutions being shit don't we we have to and we all have to say oh no right, new year's resolutions are a bit stupid and we we all have read articles where people don't keep resolutions so we, we feel as we're doing if if you do them you feel that you're engaging in a kind of a weird uh charade uh, you see other people doing it and you kind of roll your eyes and think, oh, God, what are they? Why are they telling me about their resolutions? Well, I'm going to talk about all of that. And there's some reasons why I think you could be you can be sceptical about this without being a cynic. And there's ways you can use this because goal setting is definitely a useful thing as a writer. And uh, some of the stories you tell yourself about setting goals and what you can do are going to be to do with your own self-esteem. They're going to be to do with some unexamined un 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 assumptions about your ability as a writer and what you what is and isn't possible for you, uh, which is all going to be based on stuff that's happened in the past. And of course, you've never been more skilled. You've never had more knowledge. You've never had more all the knowledge I'm going to give you now. Right. So uh, all of your uh, conceptions of what goals you can and can't achieve are based on your sense of who you are, which is uh, an outdated concept. So I'm going to go through all of that. But I want to go through some uh, a couple of common writing resolutions that I think don't work. I think that they're um, weak and bad. And if you have, if this is, uh, if, if either of these are one of your resolutions, I'm not having a go. Um, I'm not calling you a dickhead. Uh, I'm just suggesting you might want to make a little tweak um, so you can have, do more writing, enjoy your writing and, and have a better life. So um, one I've seen loads of people put up is is write more. That's one of their uh, resolutions. This year I will write more. And I want to tell you why it's a weak resolution. It's a fucking weak ass resolution. It doesn't make you weak. I'm not being macho here and going, hoo, hoo, you're an idiot. You know, like, why aren't you? You've got to like, you've got to break yourself. It's, uh, uh, I, I'm... I'm and, and that has been something that I've fallen prey to in the past, you know, being like, come on, you fucking baby, commit, come on. Um, it That is not the issue here, right? Writing more is actually, I think, in some ways too, in some ways too ambitious. But like, here's the problem with write more. So you say, I'm going to write this year, I'm going to write more. Well, how do you fucking measure that? Well, I don't want to measure it. I just gonna, it's just going to be a vague sense lingering in my mind. Is it all the time? So you just... Every day you're going to be carrying around this thing of got to write more. So what happens when you do some writing in that day? Doesn't fulfill the criteria. Okay, so you write all day. Have you write, written more? Well, compared to last year, I don't know. How much did I write last year? Well, you didn't record it, did you? You didn't record actually how much you do. You've got a vague sense of how much writing you did last year, which is probably completely subjective and changes with your mood and how you're feeling about yourself. So already you've got this too vague, too nebulous. What's it mean? And what... I, and, and where's the, okay, so like, where's the small reward each time you write? Well, I, you know, you're writing, but are you writing more? Well, actually, you can only uh, assess that at the end of the year. So you don't know whether you've written more or not when you sit down to write. So immediately, the little dopamine buzz that a resolution should give you, because that's why we're doing them, right, is to, is to help support and uh, encourage the writing habit, is not there. There's no oomph, no immediacy. You can always write more tomorrow, okay? So... You sit, you go, shall I, shall I write this evening? And maybe you remember, I mean, it's such a boring resolution that you probably don't even remember that your resolution was, oh, I'll write more this year. You could, it's just like this vague intent, right? 
and so you you can always you can always write more tomorrow there's you'd never need it it's, there's nothing about writing today so then already that's kind of like out the window so it relies on willpower which is you know that you that your willpower is so up and down and your motivation to do something is so up and down depending on your self-confidence how you're feeling about yourself shall i write write this evening or shall i give myself a little rest shall i watch a bit of a tv shall i go online or oh, how much time have i got i can write more tomorrow i'll write at the weekend when i've got a clear you know it's it there's no kick to it it's it's so you've got no accountability oh well that's nice for me you say because i don't want to stress myself out how's that working out for you in terms of actually producing how is that working out for you if it's working for you fine that's great that's wonderful um i'm not i don't want to get into that whole thing of going real writers you know shackle themselves to the desk and brand themselves with hot irons if they don't produce a certain word count every day that's not the issue but i just i I want you to have a fucking good hard look at yourself and, and say is this producing a goodly amount of work if it's because it's so easy to ex- event start inventing exceptions especially for something as, as as vague and sort of elastic as write more you go well uh, you know, I've had a long day today, so I don't want. I don't want to push myself. I don't want to make myself. Don't want to make myself feel bad about writing by making myself do it when I don't want to. That's like a common rationalisation. I oh, don't write when you don't feel like it. If it feels like bringing the, the the shopping in from the car during a hailstorm, then don't do it because you'll only start to associate writing with lack of enjoyment. Bollocks, bollocks. That's non. That is utter nonsense. That is. That is. That is just, that is so disprovably wrong. It's bollocks and you're lying to yourself. And those little exceptions for uh, individual cases start to become standards. After a while, once you've done it once, then you go, well, no, I've always said I won't do it when I'm tired. And your brain will help you dodge out of it. and and, And you will slowly lose the confidence this is the issue here. It's not about like going, you fuck. It's not, this isn't me telling you off. I'm not trying to take a kind of like parental uh, position and say, don't weasel out of it, you little shit. I'm not saying that. And actually that is not a great motivator. And, and you you may have an inner critic that says that when you, when you tried to dodge out of writing, says, don't you fucking, you lazy little toad. I'll do some fucking writing. And, 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 and it do, it's not a great motivator and in fact it makes it less fun so so you so you've come up with write more as a way of getting around that you go oh, i'll take it easy on myself no 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 no. that doesn't work and i understand how you got there uh but i don't think it's a good i don't think it's a good i mean like studies have shown again and again that making your goals specific and measurable makes you more likely to achieve them you can track them you can see your progress if you can have a wall chart and you can see what you've done and when not just at the end but each time you do it that makes each instance of doing the thing um rewarding right so you don't just get to the you don't have to wait until the end of the year or the end of whatever arbitrary time period you've set and then go did i write more you can see yourself doing it and it's not like and it's not this vagueness of more you can actually see it adding up and that makes a huge difference on the other hand, I've seen lots of people go the other way and they have a writing resolution of I'm going to write every day. Here's why that is a weak shit resolution. 
Number one, it's probably impossible. You'll have days where you have to get up at 5am for a thing and walk through the rain to work. Some days you'll be ill. You might have like three weeks off with flu. Um, There's just way, it's because it's unfair, right? There's way too much room again for bullshitting yourself because it's, it's an unreasonable expectation. You're saying to yourself, right, past you is setting up an obligation every single day for future you, right? So you're saying you've got to write every day. Um, and it, and it's because it's unreasonable. It's really easy to make excuses. Um, so you'll go, well, I can't today. I'm really, I'm really ill. I've got like a banging headache. I've been chucking up. I can't today. It's my friend's birthday. It's my birthday. Uh, I've, you know, I've been bereaved in the last two days. How the fuck? I've got to. I've got to go to a relative's funeral. That's not me being facetious. I'm completely like that's what life is, right? I've gone. I've just gone through a breakup. I've just found out that I can't stay in my house because my landlord's selling it. You know, these things are real life and we don't account for them. We just have this kind of like uniform idea of what the year is going to be like. Um, I'm going to have mental health difficulties. I have that all the time. And I say mental health difficulties. That's kind of like a cute euphemism. for I'm going to be having screaming panic attacks on the floor and think I'm a complete shitbag. I can't get out of bed today. Yeah, And all of those things are... They're not exceptions. They're normal. They're part of the flow of life. And the way you've set this up is like, oh, I, I, I have this problem. And I go, oh, I, I won't write today. That's very reasonable. Everyone around you would go, don't write today. Oh, come on. Don't be don't be tough on yourself. That's unreasonable. So everyone around you is now not supporting your resolution either. They all want you to not do it because they they want to set, they want to keep you from discomfort they want to protect you right and they'll protect you by trying to clip your wings and limit your aspirations so immediately you've got this thing that just punishes you whenever you're already feeling down how fucking shit is that um you and also you can't excel at it right you can't overproduce you, either you're hitting target or you're failing that sucks you can't you can't have a great week you could just have a week where you hit target well done i've it's like it's like living in some fucking horrible sort of socialist dystopia where you've got where you've got to like fulfill the five year plan in four like you can't over you can't overproduce either you wrote that day or you failed so every day has this sense of like i'm currently failing today i'm currently failing today then you write ah oh, the clock is reset for today and then the next day starts, I'm currently failing today, I'm currently failing today. And of course, you may not experience it exactly like that. And someone who writes every day, or most days, won't experience it like that. But that's because they haven't set this thing up. And so what you will do is you will suppress your memory of having made that resolution. You, you know, you realise it's ridiculous as you make it. So then you go, well, I'm just going to, it's just a, it's just a North Star, right? Because we, when we have like a kind of star that guides us, you know, a, a North Star to guide us, you don't you want to move towards that star you don't actually want to end up in it because then you're in a giant ball of gas burning to death right so you, you never want to reach a star so you go oh well this isn't a resolution that i actually want to keep so that you go i just want it to pull me towards it with its gravity to make me write more uh which seems like a rationalization but immediately you're kind of like that happens later and then you're just bullshitting yourself and then you go okay so i don't have to do that now it's just and then, and then it becomes write more and, and with all the problems that that has, and you have slowly broken down your commitment to it, you just cheat on your resolutions, right? You just go, oh, well, you know, a little bit of flirting doesn't matter. And then you are, then you are heartily snogging 
other things on the mouth that aren't that resolution and then you've broken up and you go well i wasn't enjoying the relationship anyway well you shouldn't have fucking got into it in the first place you knew you 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 cheeky monkey right so look what i'm gonna say is those two are bad they are objectively bad if you have set them as your goals delete them do something else right you're not a bad person for going for them great that you fucking went for something and you actually set a resolution loads of people don't and then they'll um spend a lot of time doing a little a little bit a little monologue on why resolutions are stupid and why they're why why only stupid people do them and they are saying that because uh to protect themselves and you know good for them for protecting themselves they deserve to feel happy but um you don't have to buy into that okay so it Here's, and it's, I'm going to move on now to a couple of resolutions or goals because they don't have these don't have to be done in January. But uh, writing goals, uh, writing aims that tend to work a bit better. And these are all ones that I've seen people who have actually produced a novel at the end of it, and often novels that have gone on to sell or do really well um, have used. So some people do well with a word count target. I don't know why I said word like that. With a word count count target. With a word count target. What? That's not even an accent, is it? Some people do well with a word count target. Um, the, the pros of that is it works super well on a graph. Like if you've got space on your wall, I, I'd suggest like blue tacking actual graph paper to the wall. You know, um, uh, A3 graph paper, genuinely go out and buy it. These things like seem stupid and they seem like uh, adjuncts to the whole deal. But, you know, one thing I really want to get across is I poo-pooed a lot of this really super simple stuff like making lists um having a, a wall chart that you mark every day uh as 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 an ancillary to the whole deal that the main thing was that you commit and then you can do those things and i often never got around to them my experience has taught me that actually it's sometimes the really simple stuff that seems too simple and too basic to actually have an impact um they take a lot of the cognitive load out of your head a lot of the tracking and note keeping out of your head they put it on the wall they are completely immune to mood and the cognitive distortions that come with mood and tiredness and just being a human being you can look at them uh and, and they're fun they they gamify it in a way that's really fun so like look you can just you buy some a3 graph paper really cheap um and then you write you put the word count up the well, I said word again. It's word count. Word, Tim. Come on. But you can put the word count up the x-axis, the days along the y-axis. You know how a graph works, right? You can even draw a big red line showing the word count you'd have to hit per week to reach, say, 80k in however many months. So you can have this like line of expectation going up the middle, and then your real word count will, will sort of do a, a loopy dance around, around that line, hopefully, or maybe be beneath it, or maybe extend over it and every contribution um every little addition to your word count um feels like pennies in the piggy bank when you have that kind of graph there when you're doing that you can see yourself adding to your novel and your body of work right you can you can see it happening it's undeniable you can look at the chart or however you're recording it and you can see at a glance what you've done and even in that way even squeezing in five or ten minutes it feels like a contribution another hundred words um that's great right that goes on the chart you can you know and you can build that up over a day you can do um, 50 words here 20 words there then you add them all together at the end of the day you mark them on the chart and you go fuck okay and then if you overproduce um on a day you see the line go up and you can buy yourself some time for those days where you 
you can't write because you're out enjoying your life, right? So it, it's something where, and if you drop beneath the line, that's a nice little motivator to write. I'm going to have a mega day and I'm going to get back on track. If you go over the line, you can see, oh, wow. And, and both of those things, that dance around your line of expectation and just the way the line curves, right? You'll see, and you can mark on it as well. If there was a week where you were ill, you can just like highlight in that week to show yourself you were ill. And then when you see it tail off, you can go, yeah, of course I didn't write that much that week because I was ill. If there's a week where you had a bit of free time or you just did particularly well at turning up and you see the line go up, you go, God, I had a good week that week. What was, was there anything different about that week? Was it a particular part of the book that I found easiest? It can help you keep going, right? It, it, it's fucking, it can be, it can be just fun and it's it's silly and it's you know it doesn't take you too seriously it's just a fun thing the the cons to this of course is that writing a novel isn't really a linear process and 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 if you think it is um my friend you are going to have a a rude awakening when it comes to actually sitting down and doing it not for most people anyway look some some people can do a plan that is so close to the finished thing that they really only have to to write out the novel but look you it, my experience of it anyway is that you're going to backtrack good editing means losing words um you're going to get halfway through a chapter and go actually the scene doesn't make sense i want to i shouldn't have killed this character off if that's the kind of novel you're writing or i don't think she would have said this here or the way this character is acting you just you, you just find yourself in a scene and it's not really it's really difficult to put your finger on why, you know, you often just have this scene of this is a crap scene and then you look at it and you feel like the motivations are skewed. Maybe it's a bit boring. Um, and, and you know, that is such an important part of writing is having that intuition and feeling when it's not working and trying different directions and um, having the wisdom to notice that. And and, and the system of, this system of just like raw word count that then you go, ping, I've done an 80,000 word novel. This system punishes you for being conscientious and being good and, and having all that kind of like self-awareness and that analytical eye that is is such an important part of being a writer. So you can find, you, find yourself plowing through scenes knowing they're not right, knowing you'll probably cut them. And the whole, and of course, if you make a mistake early on or if you go a wrong direction early in the novel you know then everything you produce after that might be wrong because this character went this way when you needed them to go that way and actually so then you're producing a whole whole novel that you know you're gonna have to cut because it, it can't work out like that um and and, and and this system can just encourage you to push through increasingly unenjoyable scenes just to get the numbers and it incentivizes bloated writing because you, you might start playing towards because you like seeing that little line go up or you you're not encouraged to stop and go can i say this with fewer words can i every time you cut a sentence you'll see your word count drop by you know 12 15 20 and that's gonna be like a that's gonna be like a little hit do, do you really want to incentivize um you know, overwriting. That, that's something to consider. Now, possible compromises, um, including involve like including rewritten script scenes in your word count. So all you're doing is, in terms of recording words, is the number of words written uh, each day. Uh, you're it's what you're aiming for is not your final is is to come out with just like a pure first draft. It 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 means um what that means so. What that will mean is that um, 
you're going to have to revise your word count goal upwards to include full starts, rewritten chapters, etc. So if you're writing a novel you reckon might be 80,000 words, I keep saying that number, there's no particular reason. It's it's just sort of like in on slightly on the lower end of average for a normal kind of like literary novel. Like fantasy novels and uh, science fiction novels, particularly fantasy novels, tend to be a bit more bloated. Uh, the honours was... Was it 110, 115,000? I think. Don't know why my voice is going high, but I think it was it was around that. And I I, I consider honours the honours to be like mediumy length, but you know some go up. You can go up to sort of three hundred thousand or whatever. But anyway, like if you're writing one of like say eighty thousand, uh, that's the slimmer end of normal. I think about hundred and ten thousand words for a first draft is probably a reasonable estimate you know in terms of including rewritten scenes and different directions stuff that's not you know it's that's completely pulling a number out of my anus um but it's certainly that would be worthwhile and then you could so you aim to do hundred and ten thousand words including rewrites and full starts and everything on the understanding that then once you've done that you're going to go and try and edit down to 80,000 words and some of it you'll already have thrown out um it depends how heavily you plot it depends on the genre as well you know I wrote a lot of the honours out of sequence with Delphine just wandering around having encounters and and being on a country estate uh then later I decided which scenes to use in what order and, and some stories are you know especially thrillers and things like that even though like ostensibly the honours is part thriller and I think that may sort of point to some of its weaknesses but um, some stories are much tighter and more causally bound than that so you you can't really just kind of write stuff um, whereas like voice novels that are written in the first person where someone's like just going being in scenes having opinions about stuff often you can just sit down and start anywhere and kind of like almost start your ethereal voice on any topic and see what that narrator has to say about it and um that won't necessarily produce you loads of stuff that you'll use in the final novel but it can be uh that can be another way that you can go about it so it does depend on the genre look you on the other hand you can take it if so that's the pros and cons of using a word count goal you could give yourself a week a weekly time-based goal you could give yourself a time and notice i say weekly rather than daily because i think um you want that little bit of flexibility if you say i'm going to write an hour every day you're going to have some days where you can't do that and also an hour every day is not very much if you're trying to write an entire novel it's doable but um you know you might want to have more or less on different days so it's better i think to have a weekly block of time however much time that is you know 10 hours 20 hours it depends I mean I'm you know I obviously sometimes think of these things in terms of the fact that you know I've tried to I'm a professional writer I'm trying to produce novels so um I need to give a little bit more time to it but whatever you do I think it's good to give yourself a little bit of flexibility uh, in that and also because you don't want to be writing necessarily every day give yourself a day off the pros of this it emphasizes attendance rather than output so um and that's just like really good in itself because you can control attendance most of the time turning up um if you're stuck it you don't get into this anxiety spiral of oh god i'm falling behind then you're too stressed to concentrate so you can't think of stuff which makes you fall behind more etc etc um it, it's just nice to go okay well my job is to turn up and right and we're gonna see what happens that's a lovely open attitude uh it's conducive to creativity it's it's a very mature attitude it takes a lot of self-confidence really to be go i'm just gonna see what happens and then you know I, even as i say it there's part of me i hear this voice i don't know if it's inner critic or just this there's this fear inside of me that goes oh you could are you sure like are you sure you want to give yourself that freedom because you could really con yourself 
doing that. You couldn't really con yourself doing that, Tim. Uh, are you sure you can be trusted to produce something? Or are you just going to be a sort of like pretentious, flouncy artist and kind of sit down and go... <sighs> and then kind of like press uh, two fingers to your brow and start gently massaging it as you wait for the muse to arrive? I, you know, it... It, it takes a lot of I think it takes a, a real lot of guts to, to to give yourself that time and see what happens. But it, it, I think it's very mature and kind to do to have that kind of attitude. It can help you build a routine and habituation is, is a one sort of proven way of increasing the likelihood you'll stick at your goals. You go, well, I, I know I can just turn up and do this time period and sometimes stuff will come out and sometimes it won't. But I'm going to do my part is to turn up. And that really, and it, that can let you off the hook a little bit as well, which can sometimes let the creativity flow a little bit easier. Um, also, this leaves room for things like research and planning and free writes and spider diagrams and all the things which are essential um, parts of creative writing. That if you're going to write a novel and you want it to be good, you need to take these different techniques and and use them. Uh, if you if you just try and the only output that you do is is words that you intend to fit in the uh, finished novel and lots of people especially people starting out just attempt to sit down it's, you know it's just like turning up a, a, for a marathon having never run before on the start line I go I'll just muddle my way through you, you'll be shit you'll be shit at it and you might hurt yourself right so so all of these things are really important uh, but they don't add to the word count and and that graph uh, doesn't that kind of target based graph of, of, of having a word count doesn't reward you for any of those it doesn't acknowledge that they're important and they're actually essential so the time-based one is a is, is really good for encompassing the broader sense of writing and it, and it works for you even if you're not writing a novel that's another thing that's so important right I want to read I want to if you want a weekly writing practice if you want to do that to just explore your creativity to write stories of the um, joy of it which is a fucking great goal if you want to do that right committing to a time-based goal it honors that and it's just you're like going it's you're going i'm gonna to go to the gym right and i'm just gonna honor uh, my artist inside side of myself and i'm gonna work on that i'm gonna nurture that i'm gonna do this for myself a time-based goal can help make sure that you make the time for it um but you don't have to look and go have i produced a eighty thousand word novel by the end of this there are downsides, though. Uh, you won't always have the same amount of time in a week. Things can get in the way. So that immediately, whereas with word counts, you can kind of like boost it one week and drop it the next. It's harder to kind of like move time goals around. And if you miss out one week, it's you can't, you know, you can you don't want to add more time to the next week. You could do that, You could, but it, it feels less flexible than the uh, word count based goal. Time goals leave a lot of room for faking yourself out and I know I said before you know this is a critical voice in me but I do think there is a, a, a grain of truth to it you know because you can end up doing the kind of like planning part more than actually knuckling down and doing the difficult scene right the scene that you're not sure about that you're going to really have to just work through and see what comes out and then possibly rewrite it and have a couple of runs at it um, especially if there's like a research element to what you're doing research is really important but you know going online for research I, 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 I know people take the piss out of that but like I do a lot of my research online uh, Google image search is really useful for just knowing exactly what a thing looks like um so to deny yourself that is to is is to hogtie your book and make your book shitter don't deny yourself the biggest repository of human knowledge 
electronically distributed and free to the machine that you also write on, right? Why would you turn that down? You're an idiot if you don't use it. But um, you might just beware of ending up doing that and spending more time on that than the actual writing because it's easier and you have a choice and it stops you confronting you know the little voices in your head about you not being good enough and your inadequacy you know it, there's there's an element of that that because you're not monitoring that um could be dangerous and it's hard to know how much time you actually need in advance right you're just it's easy to work out how how many you can just do simple maths to work out how many words you need to produce a week to a finished a novel by a certain time point time-based fuck fuck knows you don't know you don't know how long it's going to take you uh which i guess is a pro and a con because it also leaves that flexibility but and it's also tricky to frame what you're actually building up to you know it doesn't have that it doesn't have that just like mm, it doesn't have that tasty deliciousness of creating a, a graph and this is my nerd side coming out now but you don't always have to have that either, but it's nice. And with word count goals, you get this uh, novel length thing by the end. That's what your your final goal is. You have a book. Uh, whereas with time-based goals, what do you have at the end of a, a year? You are Just a big pile of spent time. Also, not all time is born equal. An hour in the morning when you've just woken up, maybe you go, you know, if you get up at, at 6am, you go for a run, have a fucking cold shower get a coffee sit down and write for an hour that might be a very very different hours writing to the hour you squeeze in before bed when you're knackered uh and i I would say like over time with all these goals there's often a tendency for them to slip back in the day uh because you can always wait till later in the day and um that's that's tricky that's tricky and you've got to watch for it because you may find that you end up going, oh, I'll do an hour. And then it actually means you're staying up an hour later each night because you leave it and leave it and leave it. And then you do it out of guilt at the end of the day. And it's like, Ugh, and it, and the writing's not very good. And also it's making you sleep less. And um, that's something to consider that there's, there are quality, there, there, there's qualities of different hours and um, the system doesn't necessarily take it into account. So possible fixes for that are, you know, monitoring your output after a month of your time goal. Because you're not aiming towards any sort of big chunk of time at the end of a year, you've actually got a bit more flexibility to adjust your course as you do it. How have you done in terms of hitting your time goal? Have you actually managed to write that many hours each week? How much have you written? So you can actually look at the number of words at the end of a month without sort of formally uh, monitoring it week by week. And what type of stuff? Have you written? Look at your output. Um, and if you are aiming for a book, but you are using a time goal, you can adjust your overall goal, goal accordingly. Perhaps you could assign one session of your time, you know, an hour each week to planning and um, esoterica and research and the rest of those hours to writing, writing, if you will. You know, actual sort of fiction, do it, knocking out the prose. You could, you know, you could you can sort of separate the different hours. So that's another possibility. Here's a suggestion for a possible compromise, if you want to uh, write more, uh, maybe you might be ready to write a novel. Maybe you're not quite yet and you just want to build up your confidence and uh, just just be a writer. You know, you want to write and you want to feel and you want to start building up that habit and you want to just try some things out. Uh, but maybe you're not sure how much time you're going to have to give to it. Um, can I suggest a resolution or goal of trying to write for a hundred consecutive days? And now I think 
you know, I'm going to make the case for this, although I will also talk about the things that might be a bit shit about it. So it's nice because it encourages you to do even a tiny sneaky blast of writing. That feels rewarding. I, I, you know, I've, it means that if you're just about to go to bed and you can just do 10 minutes and you set a, set your timer, 10 minutes, da, 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 oh, I've done it. Oh, and then you can put a little cross on your calendar, on your wall chart. I've got a wall chart, with a calendar with um, of guinea pigs for uh, 2018 and it's lovely and I just see my lovely guinea pigs and I put a little cross when I've done a day with some writing in and it feels great. It feels fucking great and you can start seeing it building up on your calendar. I really, really recommend recording these things somewhere where you can see it at a glance. It does make a huge difference. So concentrating on keeping that chain going isn't stressful, right? If you're going, I'm going to try and hit a chain of a hundred days. Um, you don't need to be, you're not asking yourself, am I a good writer? Is this going to produce a novel that's going to make me a load of money? Is this scene working? It doesn't matter. You don't even have to be writing stuff that's consistent day to day. You can just do a hundred days of free writes, you know, just starting off and writing whatever comes into your head, even if it's just blah, blah, I can't think of anything to write. Uh, you don't, you just look at the calendar and you see all those lovely crosses from previous days and you just, the only question you need to ask yourself is, have I written today? And if you haven't, you, you can just drop 10 minutes in. Now, after that, you could write more if you want that day, but you can just, it's easy to fulfill. Um, and you will be, and, and if you are doing 10 minutes a day, that is going to make such a difference. Now, your, your, your immediate objection to this is, Tim, I thought you said you don't have to write every day. Well, that's the fucking great thing about this. If you miss a day, the clock resets. You haven't lost an entire year. You, the clock resets. You've got all those days beforehand, and now you can just start again. And so I've been doing this with meditation. I made a sort of decision. I was going to try and meditate for 100 consecutive days. The most I've done, I think, is like 22 days. But I've looked back through the past three months and I have meditated most days. Now, that's the most meditation I've ever done in my entire fucking life. My mental health has massively improved because of it. It's not perfect, but it is improved. It is noticeably improved. I knew I wanted to meditate for years for years, for at least 15 years, I've known I wanted to be a meditator. I wanted to meditate. And um, I've just never bothered to do it. Or I've done it for short periods and then stopped. And finally, I'm doing it. And the reason I'm doing it is because I've given myself a way into it that makes it rewarding. I don't feel shit when I miss a day. I feel motivated to get back on it and start that chain again. But I don't feel shit about it because I haven't... The deal wasn't meditate every day for a year. The deal was try and get 100 days. And that is always something that I can do in the future. It always exists for me. When I hit 100 days, it's completely fucking arbitrary, right? I'm not going to suddenly... I don't think like a portal will open to Nirvana and I'll be uh, sucked in and become uh, uh, some kind of like a bodhisattva and sit at the right hand of the Buddha. I don't think... I mean, I'm open to it if it happens. But the point is, it's just fun and it's motivating. And you can do that with writing as well. So there are downsides. Um, Even a tiny bit of writing fulfills the criteria, which is, you know, it's good for fun. And it's good for getting match fit. And it's good for building your confidence. But it's probably not sufficient if you want to produce a novel. You know, where are your larger sessions in this? So I think it's a stepping stone. Um, the you know I think it's, it might even be a necessary condition, but it's not sufficient in and of itself. That's no reason to do it down, and you may have no interest in writing a novel, which is not a character flaw. That's great, um, but you know you've got to be don't uh, don't kid yourself that this is the be all and end all. Um, there's more to writing than just writing ten minutes a day. Uh, but this is definitely something you can start off, and it's definitely a really good way of monitoring things. Um, if you're not that game gamification minded if you're if you're not if you're not motivated by arbitrary achievements 
Um, then making that chain may not be particularly motivating. You may say, why am I going to click care about a series of crosses on a calendar, Tim? And the answer is, I, I can't tell you. I don't know why that's satisfying to human beings. I just know that I get off on it a little bit, you know, in the same way that someone like play likes playing a fruit machine or, you know, you like playing an app on your phone or you like getting a like on social media, right? We've just got these, we've got a load of software in our brains that was created for conditions that no longer exist and, the best we can do is these kind of like awful awful kind of like temporary temporarily sentient aggregations of haunted meat is is to occasionally uh um hijack that software uh to, to to make us do stuff that we think might bring us pleasure in some other part of that software so look so that's what i'm saying you can you can use it for but i understand if you if you just if that bit of your brain doesn't respond to making crosses on a calendar i i really understand that you, you it might not work for you now i've been having so you know some conversations on twitter with people because i wanted to talk about like why we why why is it that people don't you know the writing is supposedly uh you know so so difficult and i realize that i'm making an assumption in that piece of rhetoric but why is it that writing is so difficult why do people why do some people at least find writing difficult or why do why do we have to talk about motivation at all why don't people just write if it's you know it regularly comes right at the top of lists of um people's you know dream profession is being an author why then do we have to have this conversation if you know that right you want to write and it's supposedly enjoyable why do people need to make resolutions? Why do people need to do uh, NaNoWriMo and say, I'm going to write 50,000 words in a month and then kind of, you know, like tie themselves to the mast to force themselves to do it and go, why are there YouTube videos of people going, I tried to write 10,000 words in a day and and them just like powering through it and punishing themselves. Why, why, why? Why does any, why isn't it not just easy? Why aren't we just like, why aren't we just like the lotus eaters? Why aren't we sitting at our computers just creating and going, oh, it's so nice. Oh, I'm creating. Oh, I'm so in pleasure. That is my uh, sex voice, in case you were wondering. Um, wh- why isn't it easy? And and if you go, well, it's just the uh, natural quiddity and perversity of the human mind, Tim, then fuck you, because some people do find it, do manage to write 2,000 words a day and just do it and they enjoy it and it's fine and there's not that much friction or tension and conflict so it must be possible so my question is why now uh, i've been talking with various people i've been reading up a lot about this um and uh, i, I want to make a distinction between two types of uh, motivation intrinsic and extrinsic motivation so intrinsic motivation is you know intrinsic motivation is motivation that comes from within so intrinsic writing motivations might be the joy of writing you know you're a creator you're a creator the pleasure of just making something appear as you watch that that can be an intrinsic pleasure you get to see a a story unfold and the characters come to life as you do it you know that can be a pleasure you know thinking of what could happen next oh this and then you do it that can be a real pleasure um you know the same pleasure you might get from reading a book or watching a film except you can choose the path so you have a sense of agency and control that can be an intrinsic in the moment pleasure of writing it can be an escape or a refuge from the world and your life maybe you have a stressful job maybe uh, you have a situation at home that is a bit difficult at the moment maybe you have a problem with the neighbors maybe your mental 
well physical health hasn't been that great and it gives you uh, just a little oasis away from it maybe you know you suffer from worries or you're worried about the state of the world in general and and and, and while you're writing it might provide a distraction from that so that's another intrinsic writing motivation it can be absorbing connected to that you know if you really get into the the challenge because here's the thing you know it's it's when they talk about flow states and i know it's a very kind of like on trend word and um uh, you know the, the 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 research about it there is some uh sort of studies into this idea of concept of flow but i think it's a bit nebulous and i don't want to sort of place too much credence on it as a thing that we can all agree on the exact attributes of it so i'm i'm, I'm using it with a slight reluctance but that you know that idea of flow where you're absorbed and you're concentrated and you're operating at a high capacity uh whatever that looks like for you um that can be really relaxing and that can calm the mind and that comes in writing uh, that's what i was going to say um from the fact that it's challenging but not impossible and that there might be elements of it that are personally meaningful to you so it's challenging so it's making your brain work um but it's absorbing so that can be that's an intrinsic pleasure of writing a potential one anyway um none of these i'm not saying that all of these you it will always experience every time you write but they're potential intrinsic pleasures and there's a the satisfaction of watching yourself make something from nothing just the satisfaction of like you're you're sitting down and you're and you're, and you're doing that can be intrinsically satisfying it feels good to choose to set aside a portion of your life it gives you uh, a sense of control you know deciding in the same way as when you kind of like go for a run and you turn up and you put your shoes on and you head out the door there can be like this intrinsic feeling of like, oh, well, done. yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. Great. Um, it can be a pleasant activity with friends. You can go to a coffee shop or around someone's house. You have tea and cakes, uh, set a timer, do a little bit of writing. That, that's a that can be a pleasurable, nice experience. Um, and the research that you might do for your writing, that can give you wonderful discoveries. It, it's fun to, to read about something you don't know about and maybe an area that you're really interested in. Or oh, look, I'm, I'm reading about medieval sword fighting. You know that if you're interested in that and you want or you want to see how a trebuchet works and you want to read about different siege engines in time and that's what you're writing about that might be just like a deeply intrinsically fun experience to go oh and then you see things you might use for your writing and that gives an extra little buzz but that is that is pleasurable in and of itself without any sort of sense of end goal and there's the stimulation of a challenging puzzle that stretches you excuse me as a stimulation of a challenging puzzle that stretches you that can be really really fun and it's just like doing uh you know like a sudoku or something it's just it's just nice right you, you and it feels good and you go oh can i do this and and it just there's and there's little buzz every time you you resolve something hey what could this person say here and then you come up with a cool piece of dialogue and you go yeah or i don't know what the equivalent of that for a literary fiction writer is you come up with a challenging and daring simile that will make people go my goodness the plane descending into the city is a really a bit like a a big gingerbread man going into a giant's face daring or whatever and then there's extrinsic writing motivation um because because that's i immediately was moving into extrinsic with the idea that you would get a claim from critics and readers and that is definitely extrinsic that's something that happens in the future that comes from someone else i'm writing uh but i, I talk about this in the uh in, in the writing boot camp and you may have heard this or if you haven't listened to it yet uh spoiler alert i'm writing about uh trauma makes you you know there's been studies by uh this uh 
psychiatrist called uh, Pennebaker has done loads of studies um, showing that writing about expressive writing about trauma it can make you less ill. Uh, it can you know you are less likely to come down. It boosts your immune system. Um, it means you heal better. You know, they've shown that people heal uh, little punch biopsy wounds quicker after doing expressive writing and it makes you happier and improves your mood that's all something that will come out of it i mean initially the studies have shown that when you write about trauma and expressive writing about really difficult things that you've gone through uh you have a dip in mood and your healing decreases but then the long-term benefit happens over a period of up to six months and uh it's real and it's big uh, and there are over 200 follow-up studies. You can go online and, and read about it. It's genuine. It's not junk science. It's a genuine effect that has been shown. The only dispute really is uh, what's causing it rather than that it happens because it's demonstrable and replicable and has been done many times. Um, but that's an extrinsic goal because that happens later on. That's something that you're that doesn't happen as you write. You don't start healing wounds. Um, it's something that happens later on. So it's not it doesn't happen in the moment, but you know you're adding towards that. Writing helps you build vocabulary. You learn you learn more words. You become over time more articulate. And if you're reading to support your writing your novel and you're doing research to support your novel, you'll become more articulate, more learned. It will help work your brain. That's great, right? But that's an extrinsic goal because it builds up over time. You won't get it out of one single session. Writing can provide an income. Let's not forget that. You know, you can make a career out of it potentially. Uh, insert joke about writers not earning very much here, but that's a genuine thing right you do if you're giving up time that you're not spending at a job if you're giving up an evening that must be promote you can promote that with this idea of it's an extrinsic goal of you're going to get some money writing can bring you acclaim attention respect friends opportunities there's, it can do there's no there's no way around that i mean it, it it has for me i've made so many of my friends through the fact that i'm a writer through the fact that i've gone to poetry gigs and i've met people through you know you meet people through your job right so it's not it's not a ridiculous thing to expect from writing but that is an extrinsic goal there's this idea that you will get to meet other writers you will get to you'll get and i know loads of people because you know i met my wife through writing my book and she read it and we got in touch with one another so i can't i can't and i can't deny that it wasn't my plan when i was writing it i would not have put out that book hoping to score a quite the opposite i think it makes me seem as a lot of my work does um, hugely unattractive but uh it was you know it was how we met so all of these things can can come out of writing um but that is definitely not something you don't just start writing and friends pour through the door quite the opposite you are um alone for the time you're writing a lot of the time but that is something that and i know we can kind of sit and we can really poo poo right anyone who kind of daydreams of having good reviews or uh you know going to a literary soiree or something and literary soirees are shit but it's you know it's a reasonable thing to enjoy why why shouldn't you have pleasure from that why would you why would you think you're a bad person for wanting to meet people with shared interests for wanting to be liked for wanting to be thought well of that's all right. You're allowed to think that. You might finish a novel. Here's another extrinsic thing. You might fucking finish a book. That's an achievement. That's cool. Like a lot of people, that's one of the things that they would like to have done with their life. Whatever happens to that novel, it's a huge achievement to have just done that. To have gone, I'm going to try and do this. And then you do it. That's fucking great. And that's, but that's an extrinsic goal because sitting down to write one session isn't going to finish a novel. I mean, that's a classic thing, right? Is if your goal is, I want to finish a novel, no individual writing session is going to complete that goal. So it's possible to 
rationalise not doing any individual session, even though each one takes you slightly, incrementally, almost imperceptibly, cl imperceptibly closer to finishing that goal. Isn't that interesting? I think, and I think that's, and that is getting us onto uh, one of the dangers of extrinsic motivation, which I'll come back to in a minute. Completing a big project is um, a big achievement, which proves to you your capabilities. That can, like, you can learn about yourself through doing it, and. If you set goals, you can get the satisfaction of hitting those goals, which I think is, you know, that's nice. But like, if you can prove to yourself that you can write a novel, I think it can, that can boost your self-esteem and your ability that, like, this was not easy and I did it. And, and anyone who thinks that's a stupid goal, fuck you. That's really nice for you, something to do for yourself and go, oh, I can do things that I set my mind to. And for those of us who've struggled with self-esteem or depression, something like that, having those kind of things to turn to uh when you know you're thinking badly of yourself can be a real comfort and can be a sturdy defense a sturdy bulwark against the uh, rav ravaging uh, hordes of uh depression and low mood if you hate your job you might be able to affect a career change through doing writing that's like a big thing, right? If you're doing a job and you fucking hate it. I don't remember when I was like temping for like minimum wage jobs. That dream of being able to write and not having to do something that made me not be able to sleep at night. I hated it so much. It made me feel so low. Something that felt meaningless to me um, and was not earning me really enough money to live off of. Um, it That dream of being able to write. It was it was a it was definitely an extrinsic goal. Whether it worked as a motivator, um, I'll come back to. But I think it was definitely a goal there. And there's no reason why you should be embarrassed about feeling that way. Is what I'm saying. And it is, and that is something that happens as well. And it's something that I've seen happen to people uh, I know and friends and you know people who've given their lives to writing. So it's not a stupid goal, and it's not an impossible goal either. Um, if you get money, you might be able to buy new stuff. <laughs> that's fine right that's a reasonable that's an extrinsic goal you go okay i'm gonna I, I give this i sell this novel and then i and i can buy myself like a game for my nintendo switch that's fine right that's an extrinsic goal that's fine right that's so look, look, it might sound like i was weighting things towards intrinsic motivation because like some of those extrinsic ones seem maybe a little bit less virtuous right oh i want to have some money i don't want to have to do my job i want people to like me you know they seem a they can seem a bit more desperate rather than like, I want to experience the joy and the transformative movement of art. Fuck that, right? I'm not saying that one is better than the other. Um, extrinsic goals can help get you through a slump. Writing is not always intrinsically fun. Uh, and, you know, we can go, well, I, I'm just baffled by people who say, I always enjoy writing. I think, really? That's great. I'm so impressed by you. And I actually would love to speak to some authors who love writing every day. I'd be really interested to see if their writing is actually good. Uh, I probably wouldn't sort of uh, confront them about that directly. But um, and, and also that idea that you can't enjoy writing and it be good is probably a very unhelpful belief. Unexamined automatic belief in my head. So don't take too much. Uh, uh, don't pay too much attention to that snarky comment. But, um, you know, it, it, extrinsic uh goals can help you help you know I, I was thinking i was running yesterday i did 6k yesterday and did a really workman like joggy sweaty <laughs> 6k through the rain i started running 
you know, uh, blasting a little bit of a Buster Rhymes in my earphones felt fucking great. I'm like, I'm running. Here I go. Yeah. Huh. Running along as, as, as Buster wrapped his fast, misogynistic, uh, very recognisable vocal style into my ears. And I, and I ran along and I was feeling great. Started to feel a little bit tired, but I was like, well done, Tim. I'm doing... And then, uh, so I got to about 4K and I felt like shit. And my heart was banging away and it felt a bit like a panic attack. So that's a really unpleasant place for me to be in. Uh, my legs were tired. I wasn't going very fast. It was raining. I was fucking freezing cold. I was still quite away from home. And I wanted to stop and I wanted to walk. And I was like, going, why are you continuing to run? Why are you continuing to run? This isn't intrinsically pleasurable. This isn't, what are you getting out of it? It's making you feel bad. It's making you feel low about yourself. Because it wasn't making me feel low about myself. The thoughts I kept saying to myself were the main cause of my suffering. But I was like, why don't you stop? Why don't you just walk the rest of the way? Why can't you just enjoy walking? And I kept going. And I'm fucking glad I did. Because I feel great that I finished 6K. I feel great that I wasn't buffeted around by just that those quick desires to like save yourself, help yourself. Da, 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 that I was able to stick with myself and go, come on, buddy. We, we can do it. Come on. And I kept going. And that was extrinsic motivation. Because I knew I would feel better at the end of it. And I did. And I was right. And overcoming those difficulties and those worries made me feel great and it's made I feel good about it telling you about it now not smug right no if you'd seen the state of me when I when I returned got back into the house you know no one could be smug about that but I feel good about it and I feel proud and I'm not ashamed to say that and you can too and that can be how you feel about writing and that has to be I think an extrinsic goal extrinsic goals get you through the wall you know, they, they, they help you when you're feeling like you can't keep going. Um, and in a, a novel is is like doing a marathon, right? You're going to get to a point where you're just... You're far enough away from the beginning that you don't have that feeling of like, wee, And you are not close enough to the end that that's in sight anytime soon. Maybe months away. And, so, and then you're just like in the middle of this thing and maybe you've hit a bit where you've gone a bit wrong. And you might have to lose 7,000, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 words. How do you keep going then? Oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to enjoy the discovery of writing. Well, if you can fucking do that, that's great. But I'd suggest that one of the things that is going to help you keep going is going, I'm aiming towards an end goal of having a novel and I'm going to have to keep going if I want to do that. I think it helps and it can help push you through. And then when you hit the next bit and then when you start to get towards the end, you know, when you've got 20,000, when you're nearly at the end of the novel, then this incredible momentum builds up where you're like, fuck, fuck, I'm going to do it shit and that is an that is an external goal isn't it you you can see the end of the novel coming you're like fuck 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 i'm going to complete a novel jesus and like the end you can just like cream through it because you know that it's coming and you can just and or maybe or maybe you stagger over the finish line but you keep staggering instead of just stopping because you know it's almost there and it's just like a bit a tiny bit more effort and i'll be there you know when i got to the end of my run i ran the last bit and i sped up and I was, and it felt great, and I felt so excited because I knew the end was in sight, and I was able to give a last blast of effort because I knew it was almost over. Um, and that's just how you know that we're as human beings. I think that's fine, uh, and you can get real deep satisfaction from achieving extrinsic goals. Really deep. It can just feel great, and it can help change your self perception, as I was saying before. So that's great. Um, there's some evidence that extrinsic goals can be a mixed bag. However, this idea of goal setting, um, the writer MD Kerr sent me a, a link on Twitter. Thank you very much for that. It really got me thinking. It was food for thought. 
So the University of Chicago and the Career Business School did a study that uh, showed um, people who set when they set extrinsic goals. So it was mainly a they did a few studies. You know, some would like people would be uh, taken to a, a gym. Uh, uh, what do they call it introduction uh setup session you're going to be you're so angry at me because i can't remember the the word induction thank you um and half of the participants apart from a control group half the participants were um taken around this gym induction and they were showed they were told the benefits of exercising regularly and how you know it, the health benefits over a long period of time and the other group were showed around and they were told to focus on their experience of running on a running machine and how it felt to them and although the group who were told the benefits of running um uh, they committed and, and were more said they were more motivated to run the group who were told to focus on their experience ended up running a longer period of time i think like 44 minutes versus 32 on average so the idea is that like if you it focus on extrinsic goals it increases your initial motivation that feeling of like you know you smacking your fist into your into your other palm and going yeah i'm gonna fucking do this i'm gonna kick the dick off this writing business but um it decreases it decreases your actual enjoyment when you're doing the activity because it shifts your focus away from being in the moment is the idea is the theory behind it so there's this idea that you you that you sit down and you write and like i was saying before you start doing a session and you're struggling over a sentence and you think about, you go, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing it because I want to complete a novel. This novel is going to have thousands of sentences in it. Literally thousands. How many hours and days and weeks and months of effort am I putting in for this one tiny thing that I may eventually reach? Jesus. And then, and then, and then if you're constantly thinking about, like, how how is this sentence going to make a novel? Um... It, it, yeah, it might. Yeah, it might. I, in fact, I can fucking tell you that's why writing a second novel is harder than writing a first one because you are just thinking about shit. I've got to meet a deadline. How am I going to meet my deadline? I want to make people who review this think it's good. I don't want to disappoint my previous readers. Those are all ex extrinsic goals and they really, really massively fucking decrease your enjoyment of uh, writing the book. I can tell you now. Um, so, that, um, so you know, one thing I'll say about the, the studies that they did is that they were very limited in their time frame. They generally assessed motivation over a few days they didn't actually cover writing either like yoga and uh running are different to writing very different i think actually and there's also the complicating factor of insight so i wonder what what do you think the studies would have looked like if they did that same thing with the uh, gym and the induction and telling one group the benefits of exercise and telling the other groups the you know, focusing on this idea of like what your their experience as they exercise and how they feel in their body, and then they say, "Oh, by the way, we're do we're doing a study, so you're going to be monitored for this, and we've found that people who uh, we tell about the benefits of being in a gym and exercise tend to run less than those we tell to focus on their physical experience." Just so you know. What do you think that would have done to their running times? Because there's been other studies where they have um, 
got groups to they've they've you know asked people a series of questions uh, given them like a trivia quiz or a logic puzzle quiz and one group they say just try to do your best and the other group they say try to get 18 questions right and they found that the people who were given a specific measurable um challenging goal uh did better than those who were given a goal of just try to get five questions right or those who were given a goal of try to do your best they spent more time answering each question they put more effort in and they got more questions right so it's clear i think that extrinsic goals can be great motivators um and if you have the insight that i've just told you don't lose sight of your immediate experience remember that focusing on these goals can actually make you can decrease your enjoyment of of the moment now you have that you have that insight right i've just told you that you can change your behavior because you're a fucking human being right you and, and you can make you you can have like you can make an executive decision to, to act differently knowing that that is going to be those are going to be the tides acting on you so that's i think the uh flaw with some of these studies or the limitation i think they tell us really they're you know they're really interesting and they're certainly suggestive of certain truths but they're not the uh final word on them because we can always as human beings just know that that bias exists and counteract it right um I think there's some danger that we focus on the reward and, and, and not the steps to getting that reward. I, I really agree with that, though, and I think it's a really important thing to point out. Um, on the other hand, like studies have shown uh, in terms of this idea of if you focus on extrinsic rewards, you end up just only wanting the thing and you lose sight of the uh, of the benefits of just being in the moment and doing the thing. Uh, the studies have shown that if you give kids like a big reward for revising for exams for example you say i'm going to buy you a car um they focus on the reward that they're getting at the end of it and they tend to value that thing and they don't necessarily add that many more hours to their studying but certainly when asked about it afterwards they have less motivation to continue studying and uh, being scholarly uh, they report less pleasure doing it and they seem to find less intrinsic value in it. Um, on the other hand, if you give uh, offer a small reward, um, then participants and the kids in these studies, but I think this is generally across the board, and they have to rationalise the increased effort, right? So at first, you go, I'm going to give you two quid for um, every uh, every extra week of uh, revision you do. So it sort of focuses the mind, but then after a while, they realise this isn't actually a great reward right so then they have to sort of and this is this idea of cognitive dissonance right so then they have to rationalize why am i doing this increased effort this isn't actually worth it and 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 it creates a little conflict in the mind and the way that the mind resolves this is by deciding actually they like studying and they're doing it because they want to um so this is why goal setting can be really cool because like you know the goals i'm suggesting are like why don't you make little ticks on a calendar or why don't you make a little bar graph and like mark the uh, the days going up well so i'm gonna hunt you know i'm gonna aim to write a hundred da days consecutively i'm gonna mark it on my calendar on my uh, on my guinea pig calendar you know that that's not a thing it's meaningless so it results in more intrinsic enjoyment because you start doing it and after a while you go, why am, I, why am I doing this? I guess I quite like it. I feel good after I do it. 
And so you start, and it just it is a sneaky way into intrinsic enjoyment. So the two things are, I think, linked. And writing for an audience, remember, is not yoga and it's not good dental hygiene. It includes extra steps, including editing. And these can be pleasurable sometimes, but they're challenging and sometimes difficult. And they sometimes bring you up against your set fears of inadequacy or your, they threaten your sense of accomplishment. Um, they can be difficult if you've got any sort of internalised beliefs about how good you are or you're worried about your writing. Doing those extra steps that are, sometimes can feel a bit like admin, they are not... Intrinsic goals, I don't think, are going to get you through that, and they're not going to give you the discipline. Or just like the you know, extrinsic goals don't just work as a motivator, they also just organise your time and where you devote it in a way that intrinsic goals don't. Um, they can just, they're just sometimes a way of slotting uh, admin and time spent into different boxes, right? Which is just useful. Um, so I think you need those, you know, this isn't about you. It isn't just about personal growth, although I think having that in your writing is, is great. But um, it's not just about personal growth. So you need to have this other thing, which is I'm doing this for this purpose and for this audience. Because there's going to be things you might... Re I love fucking writing lore for my books, right? You know, like histories of the world and this is the kind of cool shop we have in this world and this is the uh, uh, the, the system of local government in this part of the world and here's 50 gods that they have in the world and their uh, creation myths well that's fucking great Tim that you enjoy that but that is not intrinsically enjoyable for the, I'm not going to use the word intrinsically because it'll get confused because we've been talking about goals but that is not necessarily what people want to read about in fact I know it's not if you saw the number of footnotes that got deleted by my agent and editor from the honours um you would you would be shocked at how many i managed to keep in because i had to arm wrestle for everyone loads of readers don't enjoy them i know i've read the reviews i know i my editor and agent told me i know it's self-indulgent and um and it's fine to be self-indulgent and write about what you want but uh if you want to write for an audience and you want them to enjoy it and you're thinking about them their enjoyment you're not trying to like bait your fish hook with peanut butter sandwiches because that's what you enjoy you want to put what fish eat right and your readers of fish uh, analogies falling apart but i think there's the, uh, and um, what, what my what's my the point i'm getting to here it's the fucking most mundane trite point in the world which is that i think the most important thing is balance well fucking done tim but i hope that by breaking that down it's slightly less glib it's important you're not just doing a thing arbitrarily and just sitting down to write because why? Because the muse, right? No, no. And the muse actually is an extrinsic motivator. It's something that comes down and goes, you must write. Fuck off, right? Like, it's important you don't just do a thing for the right. Crack has a large intrinsic pleasure, right? You can smoke some crack and you go, whoa, this is really intrinsically motivating to do. There are few obvious extrinsic motivators to smoking a load of crack, right? So it's not enough to just have something to look. If you want to look for an activity with intrinsic motivation, writing is going to come way down the list. It's not going to last for you because there's other things. If you're looking for a purely in the moment, pleasurable experience, have a wank. I expect you already do. I mean, I'm not saying you're doing it now, but um, that'd be weird. Um, I, you know, I expect you, you're right, you, you probably masturbate, right? And maybe at your desk, maybe during time you've set aside for writing. And there's nothing shameful in that. But the point is, a solid, sustainable, sustaining, substantial writing practice must have both intrinsic and extrinsic motivations if it is to be 
a success. Um, so look, um, I've waffled on for ages um, and I just want to give you my seven easy steps to kick the dick off writing because I want you to go away from this and be able to fucking write, right? Like, because this is what, this is all, all this talk is, it was bottlenecking down to is you and you getting to write more and you feeling fucking great about yourself and you producing a bunch of stuff that you go, shit the bed, this is amazing. So one, step one of my seven easy steps to kick the dick off writing. Step one, get a wall calendar. I resisted this for ages, but it's the fucking best. Stick a pen on a piece of blue tack beside it um, or hang a pen from a, a, a piece of string. It doesn't matter. But just like mark every day you write, even if that is not your goal. Just like put a little cross or a little W for writing or a check mark or whatever makes you feel great. And, and it's good to reward yourself for every day you write. That's fucking great. Most people won't do this. Most people haven't got the guts to sit down and writing. If you can do it, bloody like reward yourself. Note it down. It's not stupid. You want to be able to look because you can... It, this is like... There's a science to this, right? You can monitor and see what you've done. And that data is genuinely helpful. It's good feedback. Insight is axiomatically better than no insight and it takes a while to build get a wall counter a calendar note it down every day that you write watch it build up see how much you're writing it's great do it two Make pissing around your baseline. I don't care if you're working on a big deadline project, if you're a pro, whatever. Robbing yourself of daily doodles and farting about and, and, and doing these little silly bits of writing will kill your creativity. Every day you write, um, do 10 minutes of a free write or 10 minutes of writing in a character made-up character's voice or just 10 minutes of, of, of warm-up of just like writing about a city or an, a, a beginning to an imagined novel. You don't know where it's going. It's fun. It's low pressure. It gets your creative muscles flowing. And they are muscles, right? And they need a, a warm up. They need you to build build them. And and it's it's so important. And so many writers think that they they're above it. You know, it's such a dumb thing to think I'm above it. I'm past that. That's a kind of like an early stage, and then you give it up, right? It, it it's so important. It's an exercise. You're strengthening and rewarding the part of you that creates, that comes up with solutions to things, that makes things where things didn't exist before. And you, you it's also practicing switching mindfully and purposefully briefly switching off the inner critic and I think it's really really useful I, I wrote a I'm actually going to quote myself now but I wrote a uh, poem in my poetry collection it has a line in it um about a poet who um has a massive breakdown because he's not taken seriously enough but um kind of at the end of the poem the little sort of like aphorism or epigram goes uh joy is like a guinea pig it dies unless you feed it you might not realise that it's gone until the day you need it. Joy and creativity die unless you feed them. And doing that 10 minutes a day where you just write just for the whatever the fuck you like is feeding your joy and feeding your creativity. Do it. Three, aim big. Studies have shown that big goals are more motivating than small ones. This is a mistake so many people make. I'm going to just write a tiny, tiny... But I just want to write a little bit more this year. Just a little bit more. No, 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 no. You, 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 we get one life. We are temporarily sentient creatures. Um, as far as we understand, human consciousness does not survive death. We get one life. Just one. You deserve this. You're fucking great. And your joy is important. And your ideas are important. And the stories that are flapping around your head like beautiful birds of paradise are important and great and wonderful. And you deserve the 
you deserve the feeling of this transformation, right? Of getting to write and do a thing that you've wanted to for ages and you've never felt quite complete because you don't do it. Pow! A novel. Pow! A collection of stories. Pow! A daily diary. Whatever. If you aim too high, of course, if you say, I'm going to write six novels in a year, you'll get depressed and there'll be a slingshot effect because you'll feel down and crap about yourself but try shoot big like there's it's, it's there are you can do much more than you realize sit down and work it out right I, I've written a hundred poems in a day multiple times didn't think I could do it but actually it's not wasn't that hard you know I'd let myself off quality of course but actually I produced a few things that I was secretly quite pleased with I've written several novels I'm not special just dumb enough to have a go just audacious enough to go oh, I'll fucking do it and see what happens and it's you know and it happened I did it right think of how many books there are in the world look if I, I'm sitting in front of shelves now with hundreds of books on hundreds of fucking books there are there are so many books in the world. If you think you can't write a book, go on Amazon now and look at the lists of self-published Kindle books and see how many people are cranking out book after book after book after book. Some of those people, it's not its not going to be that hard. You can do it. No matter how many setbacks you think you can, you can fucking do it. Jeffrey Archer has written more than 30 books and he's a prick. If he can do it, you can and you will definitely, definitely be better than him. I've read um, bits of his books I, I'm sad to say they are so shit this is not about ego it's love it's love for the world it's love for yourself love for the great game of being alive you're allowed to do this you're allowed to give this time to yourself just and all you need to do you can set that big goal but then you're going to dive in with the tiniest little toe splash and it's going to be fine aim big four shrug off setbacks you'll get the flu you'll be bereaved you'll get downhearted Fuck it. The new year is just this silly matter of perspective. It, it doesn't matter. From a motivational point of view, you can hit reset and you can start a new year, new year and have a, a fresh start any time, as many times as you want, every fucking day. You don't have to wait for January. The season don't matter to you. Like I said before, you're not a fucking farmer. This isn't like you're not planting beans or whatever well maybe you are you could be a farmer I suppose but your writing isn't farming so do it press reset feel the benefits of recommitting to your goals immediately you'll feel and, I, and listen I promise you this isn't something that will take that much time to build up to start feeling benefits you will feel it from the very day you start I promise you'll sit down you'll write for 10 minutes and you'll feel like fuck maybe I can do this you won't know that you can do it but you will have it will be palpable proof that it is possible Maybe I can do this. It's possible. It's po I could do it. Because as soon as you start writing, you will see that it is a possibility. You might be able to do it. And that's all I'm asking for you. Just consider that it could happen. Nothing is lost, right? So no, none of your, your failures do not back up into this kind of like big karmic kind of like shit cloud that is, is just hovering over you weighing you down and occasionally raining turds on you any mistakes you've made in the past any failed ambitions they don't matter they don't add up they don't have any weight at all nothing is lost start when this podcast finishes if you've got time i'm sure you do don't say to people oh yeah i've been busy i should get back into it should you fuck there's no should you're free you're free you're free you don't have any obligations to do any of this none of it at all none of it at all you are a human being right and you have complete liberty to do whatever the fuck you want okay you can do whatever you like you don't owe anyone anything but if you want to you can do this. If you want to, you can. And that distinction is everything, my friend. 
Five, go public. Committing publicly makes you more likely to achieve goals. This has been shown again and again. Say, I'm writing. Don't be ashamed. Share on social media. Fuck anyone who thinks that's silly. Be honest about when life gets on top of you. Don't worry if you start feeling down. If you have a week where you don't write, that's fine. But then be honest about it. Be publicly honest about it and recommit. Now, I know that might seem like... A, that. I know that might seem like it contradicts what I just said about you have no obligation to do it. You don't have any obligation to do it. But what I'm saying is that if you share your aim of doing it with other people, you're more likely to go forward. And those people can offer you support, which leads me nicely into um number six. Find your gang. Um, so uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the TV series Monkey or the um, story of uh, the journey to the West. But in that... um. Uh, monkey, uh, the uh, monkey god, uh, uh, leads uh, Prince Tripitaka, um, leading, leading Prince Tripitaka back to China. Now, uh, Tripitaka, of course, uh, represents, uh, Tripitaka means three jewels, represents uh, the three jewels of Buddhism, which are repre- uh, respectively the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. So the Buddha is the actual figure of the Buddha, that that's really important to Buddhism, that he showed that you could get enlightened. Then there's the Dharma, which is the teachings of the Buddha, how to get enlightened, the way to um, let go of your cravings. But then finally, what's that third one? The Sangha. Well, you may know that that means the community, the Buddhist community, the people around you who are meditating, who want to be, uh, who are seeking skillfulness and enlightenment. And it's interesting to me that those are the three jewels out of all the things that could have been picked from uh, Buddhism, that the three most important things, the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha, the community that is put on equal footing with the, the Buddha himself and the teachings of Buddhism are the people around you for support. Community makes a difference. Go online, go and find people in real life, find other writers, um, get writing buddies who can hold you accountable and chivvy you on via Facebook Messenger or whatever, that you can just have little chats with them and say, how are you doing? How have you done any writing this week? That you can help them, right? Um, Meet up for writing sessions. It it makes such a huge difference. Um, Warning. Um, beware, be very aware of mutual morbidity. This idea that you meet up with someone, um, and I've done this as well, and I've been this person. Friends who encourage you to chat or Skype, who bring out some of your sort of like less helpful habits that make you feel a bit guilty. These people are lovely, wonderful, uh, valuable people, but save them for proper socialising. Find gently focused writing pals and sit down with them. And I've got loads of them as well. People who are just great at um, meeting up with them and sitting down. And you can do this online as well. You know, I've, I've did this actually really really productively with a few friends um you're just using facebook messenger and saying we're going to start at the top of the hour and write for an hour and then i wrote did a bunch of stuff and then at the end of it said oh hi how did you, how did you do and then we did another one and then we did another one it was great it was really and i just felt supported it's wonderful share work for critique um you can do that online or with it it's really nice to meet up with people it's an excuse to get out of the house it can massively reduce performance anxiety um i've found and also because writing is quite lonely you're in a room on your own a lot of the time find your community as long as these people are lovely people and so many writers are and i've my best friends uh have come from the creative scene and I'm so grateful for them. I'm going to be honest, like I'm more grateful for them than the books I've written and the poems I've done are just a friend. Yes, yes, I am saying that. So fuck you, I'm saying. It turned out the real treasure was the friends I made along the way, but it fucking was and it's great and I feel so I'm gonna yeah I feel so grateful for that and support other writers this isn't all about you right the, the flip side to this is it's not just about what you can s- suck out of the community how they can serve you right 
support other writers, offer them love, offer them encouragement, um, read, read and buy other people's books or check them out from the library. And then once you've done that, uh, review them online, review them on uh, Amazon, which is the devil. But, you know, the devil has apparently taken over the world. So we got to at least give him his dues, you know, uh, and, and and send them messages, send writers who, whose work you've read, who that you've enjoyed, send them a little email and say, I fucking loved your book. Trumpet um, other people's work. You're, all of that is adding in very small droplets, but um, is adding and contributing to a culture and a community of a love of books, love of li- literature, um, support uh, you know, initiatives um, that get more uh, diverse writers into writing because the whole community and the whole writing world of literature is horribly skewed towards um, straight white middle class cis males and it it should be it it, we're gonna have so many we're gonna have such better books if there are more opportunities for uh just the actual range of humanity rather than one tiny narrow sect of it to be able to contribute and be heard and be respected and be loved and so everything you can do um that, that moves us towards that goal you are making a better environment for your books to swim in you know, you are making a better ecosystem for you to exist as a writer. You are making the world a better place. And you can do that in so many ways. So, so, so love your pals is what I'm saying. Right, seven. Do my boot camp. Oh, it's a self-serving seventh. So anyway, look, some of you may be already working through it. Um, It's a gentle eight week course. It is more concise than this podcast that I'm recording now because a lot of it is scripted and worked out in advance. And I do everything for you, bar the writing. There's some powerful knowledge in there. I've distilled everything that I've learned in my own time as a writer and in my own time as a, a creative writing tutor and teacher and as a creative writing student as well. You know, I did the MA at UEA in fiction. I did the undergraduate course with a minor in fiction. You know, I, I've done, a, I've given my whole life to this, right? And I've tried to just distill the the the, the most useful knowledge into each of the podcasts. There's, you get six podcasts a week. Um, each one lasts about 15, 20 minutes. Um, and each one has a 10 minute timed exercise. So all you need to do is just bring a pen and paper and press play. And when the podcast's over, you'll be done for the day. It's all you need to do. There's no planning, there's no stress, and we'll work through everything you'll need from it. We'll work through everything. Um, there's there are diverse exercises that are going to build all these different skills you want. So I'm not just saying, okay, write, and then and then that's the end of the 10 minutes. Um, you know, a lot of them are focused. There's a little bit of training to develop different skills, different areas that you'd need to finish a novel. Um, and you can stream it and download it. And it's a podcast, so it's free. So there's not even any adverts. I'm not getting anything out of it. In fact, I have to pay for hosting for my website. And so I'm down on it, but it's fine. I'm enjoying doing it. And and, and it's just available for, for you. So you can download them and listen to them at your leisure or you can stream them online but that's all available for you and you can start now you can start after this podcast if I haven't completely put you off with my voice um, and that's it look I'm going to stop now those are my seven things um and and you know drop me a line uh, go to my website timclairpart.co.uk and click on the contact me link let me know how you get on if you manage to chain 25 days in a row um I'd love to hear from you because I want to congratulate you that's fucking great right thought you can follow me on twitter at timclairpart or you can go on facebook.com slash uh poet where i'm always talking about writing i'd love to hear from you i'd love to get involved i'd love to hear any things that i've said that you disagree with or any stuff that's chimed with you or if you manage to um 
put some of these things into practice, which I know you're going to. So my final thing I want to say to you, I'd love to hear from you, um, is when this podcast finishes is today, the one thing I'd like you to do, just do this for me, um, and that's extrinsic motivation, and do it for you, that's it, intrinsic motivation, is I'd like you to get your phone or whatever timing device you have, um, set it for 10 minutes, and write for 10 minutes on any topic you like. Uh, try and make it fiction. You could write in the voice of a character. You could write multiple things. You could write sin- single sentences. You could just write, I don't know what I'm fucking writing about. It doesn't matter. But just write for 10 minutes. And then when the timer finishes, stop. That's it. I just want you to do that. Um, and then just ask yourself how you feel having done it. Uh, that's it. Right. So thank you so much for listening to me. How- Jesus Christ, that went on a long time, didn't it? Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, Take care and I will see you soon. Um, And just listen to Death of a Thousand Cuts. Okay, I've run out of steam. Good God, that was... Fucking hell. Did I just talk for all that time? I love you. Have a great time with your writing and um, I'll speak to you again soon. Bye.